This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, myself and Bully Ray talk AEW Dynamite. How did you feel about Dynamite coming out of All In? And how did you feel about Dynamite going in to All Out? Going out of All In and in to All Out. Also, we speak about the end of Dynamite and Orange Cassidy and his promo right now on the Bustle Podcast. What's your excitement level for All Out and what's your excitement level for Payback? Would you like me to give you a brutally honest answer? Bully, why stop now? I don't want to bring the show to a grinding halt or bring anybody down this morning, but I genuinely have been a bit checked out of pro wrestling since Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt passed away. I get it. I can understand that. That was a gut punch. That was very, very hard to get motivated uh, to watch wrestling after that um, because to have somebody so young pass on and a legend that you and I bully both as, admire as much as we do for Terry Funk, it was, it's, it's very, very hard to recover, and I don't think anybody's over it by any stretch of the imagination. Also, uh, with social media the amount of negativity over the past couple of days, despite a fledgling company who's only been around for five years doing upwards of 81,000, 85,000, whatever the number was in Wembley stadium, an accomplishment and an achievement that I, I don't think we've ever seen before in wrestling. And I don't care how we got there a huge deal and all you do is look at social media and all people want to talk about is the fight backstage whether the numbers were real or not all they want to do is talk about everything other than the show it's just like come on people enough ready and i gotta say this dave i'm very proud of the busted open nation yes especially last night on after dark I did a little bit of a social experiment last night. I told people that if they wanted to talk about dynamite, they could call in. If they wanted to talk about all in, they could call in. If they wanted to talk about the fight backstage, they could call in. You know how many people called in wanting to talk about the fight? How many? Nobody. Good. And I was so glad to hear that nobody called in to talk about the fight. All they wanted to talk about was dynamite or all in and some stuff for, for that's coming up at all out. Now, whether it was positive or negative conversation on those two things, it was a, a bunch of back and forth, a bunch of different takes, but nobody called in saying, Hey Bubba, you know what? I want to talk about the fight. I was so happy to hear that our fan base, at least for last night, doesn't get caught up in all the negative BS. And and Bully, I want to say this, because I was actually reading a lot of comments from the Busted Open Nation after the shows the last few days. And, 
you know, I learned from the nation, and I know that you, you know, value the takes of the Busted Open Nation. You know, when, you know, we talk a lot about social media and toxic fans. I'm going to kind of try to change my tune when it comes to that because I think it's still the vocal minority, and I don't think it's our fan base. So I feel like a lot of times, like, I'm, I'm preaching about the negativity online and I'm teaching about the toxicity of fans, but I feel like it's being wasted because I don't think our fan base is like that at all. I think our fan base and the people who listen to busted open are extremely educated. I think they're smart and I think they appreciate pro wrestling and I think they appreciate this show. And listen, if there's things that we say that they disagree with, that's that's fine. I like that. That's there's nothing wrong with that. And again, if you're watching a show and I liked it and you didn't and we go back and forth, that's just being a fan. But I feel like I got to stop, you know, talking about the negativity of a lot of this stuff when it comes to social media, because I don't think it's our fan base. So, you know, I'm not going to let it bother me. It's difficult. It's hard, especially after the week that we had last week and you know, what we saw on Sunday with All In, but I don't think that's our fan base at all. So, like you said, I want to thank the Busted Open Nation because I think they're the most intelligent fans in the pro wrestling community. And I want to thank everybody out there who tuned in to After Dark last night, everybody that called in, tons of calls. It was a really fun time last night on After Dark. We had had two first-time callers, Dave. We had uh, two of the ladies out there in the Busted Open Nation call. So uh, great job by the nation interacting on the show last night. And when you said about like AEW only being around for five years, don't forget, you know, we're approaching the date of the first ever All-In. There was no AEW when the first All-In started. So we're not even at the point yet, Bully, where Dynamite's been on the air for four years, believe it or not. It's less than four years that Dynamite has been on the air. So for well, them to have that accomplishment this past Sunday is pretty huge. This Sunday was a huge accomplishment for them. Um, bravo. I, I don't know what else I can possibly say to put the entire company over for the effort put forth in Wembley. Like I said, it doesn't matter why the people were there. They were there, period. And they're touting this 81,000 sold. Great. If those numbers are legit, even, you know, even bigger props to you. Standing ovation from, from good old Uncle Bully. But last night, I felt like AEW got smacked back into reality. And we had callers. We had two callers call in, Dave, that were at the show that said that the show was disappointing because of the lack of fans in the arena. Yeah, I, I you know. Now we're talking is- about Chicago. This, this, yes, um, they're in Chicago this time last year. I'd like to think that dynamite rampage and definitely the pay-per-view all out were sellouts. I'm sure if that wasn't, somebody will let me know. But if I remember correctly, those string of shows were sellouts. You know, that's not the case this year. And there's probably a couple of reasons why bully. And, and again, uh, we talked about it going into all in 
I, I still don't know why you need to have an all out. Like if you're going to have an all in, why have an all out? Um, I just feel like after you had the effort that they did this past Sunday to have a, a follow up pay-per-view a week later, it's, it's, it's asking a lot for your fam from your fan base. Cause you need to take a breath. You need to like, just like reset, regroup, refresh. You're not having that opportunity. Plus, again, listen, it's very it's very difficult to ask your fans to, like, you know, plop down money for a pay-per-view on one Sunday and then and then follow up the next Sunday and plop down 50 bucks for another pay-per-view. That's a lot, especially when the WWE is available on Peacock for $5.99 a month. So... Like, Dave, it's, two two callers. The first two callers last night into After Dark said the same thing. They're like, "Damn, you're asking a, me. You're asking a lot of me. Times are tough out there. You're asking for a hundred bucks of my money." And one of the complaints last night was, "You didn't do anything last night that made me want to buy all out." No. And this is very unsolicited. Uh, um, feedback from the nation last night like sometimes I'll say something at the beginning of the show and then fans will parrot it back to me like uh, a couple of weeks ago when I when I talked about letting the show breathe that's not like things you hear fans say and like 10 callers were like you yeah. know bully I thought they could have let the show breathe tonight yeah. and I'm like hmm, I think you might just be saying what I'm saying but last night first two callers right off the bat were like yeah, they didn't really do anything to earn my business for this weekend. So it's like the thrill of the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. I'm not saying that AEW is defeated in any way, but if you are a wrestler and you go out there and you're looking at 81,000 people on Saturday, and then last night you're looking at about 3,000, it'll screw with your head a little bit. Especially in in a city like Chicago, and um, this is where feedback is important because this is the feedback from your fan base as far as like how they want to spend their money. This is where like a lot of the negativity we talk about, you got to have a blind eye towards because it's just people bitching about what why just to be negative. But when people are talking about, you know what, it's very difficult for me now to pay another fifty bucks. And I'm not really inspired to do it. That's the type of criticism that you have to listen to because that's your fan base and how they want to spend their dollar. And it seems like moving forward, this is going to be what AEW does. They're going to have all in in the UK and then they're going to have all out in Chicago. If that's what they're going to do moving forward, then they might want to have some kind of a like um a plan for their fans where it's like you pay one price and you get both pay-per-views to make it a little bit easier um, financially for some of their fans or just not have all out. But when you have a show like all in and, and, and it's funny, you talked about letting shows breathe. I actually thought they did a great job of letting that show breathe last night. Last night I thought was a well-paced show. I didn't think it was a bad show at all. Bully, I would say this. I thought Dynamite last night was a very good follow-up to All In and a very bad go-home show for All Out. I know that Are sounds... Are you sure you weren't listening to After Dark last <laughs> night? 
Is that what you said on After Dark? Yeah. I didn't. Uh, yes, that's what I said. Because that's that's from how the breathing part it. to the follow up part to the lead up part. The pacing of the show last night allowed me to go. Oh. I was allowed to take a breath and come down a little bit because I don't think I could have handled another frantic dynamite. If you would have gave me another frantic dynamite last night, like the two leading up to All In, I probably would have taken my remote and threw it through my TV set. Out of sheer frustration of all of the good advice we give on this show about slowing it down just a little bit. And then, you, and then you know, the lead up to All In, really good. Breathing last night. But then people are calling in saying, they didn't do enough for me last night. And I, and I said also, I was like, yeah, good show. But was it good enough to make me want to stick my hand in my pocket and plop down 50 bucks? It's, it's almost impossible, Bully, to have a show like they just had this past Sunday and then have another pay-per-view the following Sunday. And here's why. You're not having a world championship match with your with with MJF, you're not having your women's champion defending that new championship title on the pay-per-view. You don't have your tag team champions defending their tag team championships on the pay-per-view. Like that's that makes it a little bit tough for people to want to buy a pay-per-view when your three main champions are not defending their titles on on a pay-per-view. It's hard. And, and not only is it difficult, it's difficult for me to make a counterpoint in their defense. What is the one match on this show you want to see? Samoa Joe and Shane Taylor is the one match I want to see. Are you sure you weren't listening to After Dark last night? <laughs> that, that's the that's the one match that I want to see that's on that card. And again, there, I, I and the reason why I want to see that match because I love Samoa Joe and I love Shane Taylor. It's not because of like some kind of feud or a story or or anything like that it's more just i love both those wrestlers and i want to see that match that's about that's that's without a doubt the match to me the match of the card this weekend myself also i went on the old twitter machine last night i said i'm looking forward to this haas fight i've been a shane taylor fan for a long time since his ring of honor days a caller did call in last night, made a great point, and they said, Bully, you might know who Shane Taylor is. You might be a fan of his because you worked with him and you've seen him a lot, but AEW has not done a good enough job via Ring of Honor television to build up Shane Taylor to make me care. And I actually sat back and I was like, you know what? You're right. I'm taking for granted how well I know Shane Taylor. But the fan was just like, I really don't know who this guy is. I think I've seen him, seen him once. So I encouraged the guy last night to, to give Joe and Shane Taylor a chance because I think that's going to be a great match. And, you know, like with Ta um, uh, Takeshita mm -hmm. and Kenny, I think I'm more interested in the match to see how they followed up on Don Callis's promo last night. Because I think Callis did a great job with his promo of showing the fans Kenny's x-rays, where his knee damage is, 
where his spine and neck damage is, and then giving Takeshita specific instructions on how to attack these areas and what moves to attack with. I was like, wow, that's really good. Yeah. Now I want to see Takeshita attack those areas of Kenny's body with that very specific offense. You see, that's storytelling, people. That's a good story. I could give a shit less about the actual match. But I'm really interested in see how Takeshita's offensive game plan comes into play. And that's why I feel that this pay-per-view is almost getting cheated. Bully, and the fact that if you did have I think you've more, been cheated! If you had more of a build-up, then if, let's just say that they had All Out because of All In this past weekend. They had this show in October. And you gave it another, you know, three to four weeks to build this up. I, I actually would look at this card that we're going to see on Sunday and say, wow, this should be one hell of a show. But there's not enough meat on the bone to really get me excited. And obviously, we're going to know that by the pay-per-view buys. And obviously, Bully, this buildup isn't great for it. And, and, I, and, I, and I'm just going by the attendance we saw last night, the attendance we're going to see for Collision on Saturday, and the amount of tickets that are still available for this pay-per-view on Sunday. And again, I understand... Because you just had your biggest show in, your, in the history of your company last weekend. It's a lot to ask your fan base to refresh and get ready for a, a whole nother pay-per-view on your calendar. Uh, the diehard AEW fan will most likely plop down that money. But I think that the... The, the average AEW fan does not have a reason to spend another $50 this coming yeah. weekend. You're right. You're right, Bully, but that's not what you want to do. Like, you know, one of the things I talked about on the build-up to All In is it's too like, much, what, Dave. What, too what's, much. The fo- what's the follow-up? Like we, we said about, we talked about some of the big historic cards in wrestling and how like, let's just say WrestleMania three, how the WWF followed up to a WrestleMania three or like the first star K these historic, these historic shows. How is your fan base going to look at the company? Can you bring new fans in and new eyes on your product? I think you could do that. But when you follow up with a pay-per-view a week later, and then you're telling your fan base, like it's not a must. And like you said, like, well, the hardcore fans are going to buy it, but the mainstream fans are. The last thing you want to do after following up a big show like we had last weekend is have like, oh, you can miss this one. No, you want your next show to be as big or perceived as big bully. Not a, you, uh, you know, I can miss this one. You never, ever want your fan base to say, I think I can miss this one. Dave, if Alice Cooper was pay- playing 10 minutes away from your house on Monday, would you go see him? Yes. What about Tuesday? No, because I just saw him on Monday. So it only took you one day to get burnt out on Alice. That's, it feels like that what, what AEW has the potential of doing, burning out their fan base. Because it's just too much. I mean, how much can you possibly handle in such a short span? 
obviously there wasn't enough people um last night that wanted to go see that that uh show live and dave the people that called in last night think about this the two callers that were in attendance at dynamite who called into after dark both said the same thing there was nobody there and the people that were there were underwhelming this is chicago we're talking about Nine out of 10 pro wrestlers would tell you if they could wrestle in any city, it would be Chicago. It, it, to me, it's, it's just, it, it, it's crazy. Remember, remember the story I told you about when Motley Crue first got back together and I was in the Nassau Coliseum and five minutes before the, the, the house lights went off, the Coliseum was only half full and I sat back down in my seat and I'm like, Oh, it doesn't look like I'm at the coolest show in town anymore. Motley yeah. Crue sold out every single night, no matter where I had seen them. Packed house, chicks everywhere, rock and rollers until the, as far as the eye could see. And then I'm looking out at Nassau Coliseum that holds about 15,000 people. And there was about 8,000 people there. And I was like, Oh, my favorite band isn't the biggest band in the world anymore. I think I'll stay in my seat for this one. It's deflating when you see a lot of empty seats. It's all, you know, it's it, it's just it's just a little bit on the deflating side. And again, this isn't a knock on AEW as far as their fan base, because I think if this pay-per-view was three weeks from now or a month from now, we'd be talking about a completely different story. But but you you know what it would have been fine to do, and I don't think anybody would have had a problem with it, Bully, is if you would have taped Dynamite last night, had a show, you know, the next day in the UK, taped the show and played it yesterday. Because that, that fan base that would have filled the an arena after All In would have been ecstatic. They would have been on their feet. They would have been going crazy. And you just, and then you just have a follow-up to what just took place hours before at, at an historic card. Like, because you would still feel the energy. Even though it was a tape show, you would still feel the energy from that crowd. Because face it, Bully, if they had a show at an arena on Monday night and they taped it and played it last night, that crowd would have been off the wall. And then you, But the audience that was watching it, maybe people who watched AEW for the first time on Sunday was like, all right, this is a great show, man. Wow. I'm going to watch, I'm going to watch their show on Wednesday and then saw that crowd. Then you know what? They're invested. But if you watch that show for a first time, AEW on Sunday, and then you watch that show last night, I don't know how you're feeling. You know, I, I, I think I still feel, and listen, Tony Khan knows the the economy and the finances and blah, blah, blah better than I do, obviously. But I feel perception-wise, that would have been a much better move than what they're doing right now, having in a pay-per-view a week later. Last night, show was good at best with a meh house. Friday, Rampage, uh... I'm sorry. Yeah, Rampage on Friday, right? Yeah. No Saturday. Uh, Saturday collision. Like Saturday's and collision. Then, and then the pay-per-view on Sunday. Three days of AEW. 
straight, coming off of last night, coming off of all in. It's very easy to get burnt out. Very easy. This is former UFC champion Chris Weidman. Do you want to feel what it's like to get in the octagon with me? Right now, we are bringing the hardest-hitting MMA talk on the planet to your podcast feeds with Won't Back Down, a SiriusXM podcast. Every Monday, I'm speaking my mind and taking you inside combat sports like no one else. Every tap, every snap, and whatever else is on my mind. Download Won't Back Down right now on SiriusXM, Stitcher, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Won't Back Down. A lot of people were talking about Orange's uh, promo, post-match promo. Dave, listening to it back again, the first thing that popped into my head was, and tell me if you agree or disagree, Vince McMahon used to live vicariously through bodybuilders and big men, and Tony Khan lives vicariously through guys like Orange Cassidy. Yes, no? I I, I would say... Just from what we see, you're probably right. Yeah, kind of like yeah. the, the the underdog kind of nobody told me I yeah, could do it. Yeah, yeah, like people probably told Tony Khan, "Oh, there's no way you're going to start up a wrestling company, and no way you're going to make it successful." Meanwhile, he just did a show with eighty one thousand people, yada yada. Um, so uh, that's another reason why I don't think uh, you know we see a lot of big men in AEW. I don't think Tony Khan can relate to the big man. Thus, he doesn't think in terms of how to book, write for, or matchmake for the big men. Well, it's, 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 really quick before you move on, Bully, I, I think what you just said is very, very interesting. Because in a positive way and a negative way, they talked about that mindset of a Vince McMahon and a body type that Vince McMahon likes. And Vince McMahon, li- listen, and it, with great with great success. The, his first baby face that he latched onto when he wanted to go national was Hulk Hogan. Guy looked like a superhero, right? You know that yes. was that was the that was the Vince McMahon body type and the prototype that he felt his baby face should look like. I think you're right when it comes to Tony Khan. I think it's and the fan base. It's kind of the anti WWE fan base where they didn't want to see that person. I think they they gravitate more towards the Adam Coles and the Orange Cassidy's. Would that be fair? Absolutely, without a doubt. And what yeah. I'm saying is not a negative. I'm just saying no, no, that's not a at thought all. that popped yeah. into my mind re-listening to the promo. A lot of people were talking about the promo. People were saying, "Oh, Orange took the step to the next level." You know, uh, so much positive about the Orange Cassidy promo. I enjoyed it because we finally heard from him in a different manner. And I also think that if you read between the lines, it's a subliminal message to the locker room or certain people in the locker room. And Orange is saying, I show up every week. I do my job. I bust my ass. I wrestle my ass off. And here you people are doing everything, you know, in the back to create a disturbance. That's one of the little messages that I got from Orange's promo last night. But from the most part, I think it was a battle cry for AEW saying that we all come out here. We all wrestle hard. We put our lives on the line. We're trying to entertain you. I think they were trying with his promo to get people 
off of any of the negative speak that's been going on within AEW over the past week or so. AEW is a wrestling company that obviously lives very prominently on the internet where you never know what you never know what's going to be perception reality true not true and they're going to be subject to getting bombarded um from people who want to see them fail and orange basically last night was telling us that he was told he was going to fail his entire life but look at me now ma look at you know look at what i'm doing now but it seems to be the same promo for a lot of people. It's the Darby promo. It could be the same promo. It could be the Eddie promo. I busted my ass my entire career. I never got anything. Everybody told me I was too heavy. I couldn't do it. They told me I was too small. I couldn't do it. They told me I was too this or that. I couldn't do it. It's the promo that a lot of AEW talent can't cut. It's almost like AEW is filled with a locker room of underdogs. Well, I, I think MJF said it brilliantly uh after uh all in on sunday in in the media scrum where he talked about it's kind of like the misfits the never the never words and the never were gonna be land of the misfit toys ecw all over again because that was one of our monikers that was one of our nicknames that's what we used to call ourselves land of the misfit toys some you know, some of us were absolute nobodies when we first started. Some people were there, couldn't get a job anywhere else. Some people there went on to become the biggest stars in the history of the business. So that just another reason why I see so much of ECW in AEW. But yeah, it was good to hear from Orange. And a couple people called into After Dark last night. And I, I said, you know, what about what orange actually said made you like him more. And the two answers that I got were, well, it's not about what he said. It was about that. We heard from him a little bit more. It really doesn't matter why people liked orange Cassidy more after last night's promo. What matters is people liked orange Cassidy more after last night's promo. It doesn't matter why your wife loves you. Uh, Violetta might think that you're actually physically unattractive. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not breaking your balls here. I'm just, but she might love the fact that you're always there for her. You open the door for her. You'll wash dishes, and you're that you're the. <laughs> I, 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 that one went right over my head, Dave. Sorry, I know that's bad radio, but um uh yeah oh yeah 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 you know maybe maybe she likes the way you prepare the kielbasa for her you know so listen i had a point but you kind yeah, of <laughs> i apologize i got you off track i'm sorry um yeah it doesn't matter why it's it's that you do i mean that's basically what you're saying it doesn't matter if it's what he said how he said it the first time saying it because I think with Orange Cassidy as well, what I got out of that promo was like, hello, have you been watching Dynamite for the last six months? Because if you watch Dynamite, I've been pretty much opening every single show and wrestling. Uh, if you haven't noticed, I've hurt my back. I've hurt my shoulder. I've hurt my neck. But yet I'm still in the ring. He's got so much tape on him. My God, like 
he looks like a mummy at this point. Yeah, but, but every- don't give me that bullshit of wrestling hurt. We all do, and some of us wrestled more hurt than Orange Cassidy. No, no, but but, that, but that's not but that's not the point. The point is that he's doing it every single week. You know, you mentioned bully that you really wanted to see like an iron, you know, an iron horse championship. Or, well, this championship, this international championship in a lot of ways has become that iron horse championship because orange Cassidy is out there every week defending that championship. And, and I feel like in a lot of ways he's been disrespected because he hasn't been noticed doing that. And I think that it's like, all right, now I'm going to go up against Moxley, but like, wait a second. I got to make a statement before I do that. Like everybody probably thinks that this is just, Moxley going to run over me. Well, it's not going to happen. Case in point, everything that I've done. And really against every different style and different type of wrestler, every different body type. I mean, Orange, you can make the case, Bully, that Orange Cassidy is wrestler of the year. I don't know if I would, I would vote for him as wrestler of the year. Maybe I would. But you could definitely make the case. Because you that can make guy, the case as to why he's in the conversation. Yes, you can make the case. There's no doubt about it. Because would you like right now? We're probably just a little bit over the mid-year point when it comes to 2023. But would you give Roman Reigns Wrestler of the Year? I'm not. I can't. How many times has he defended this title? How many times has he been in a singles match? I don't know if I could give how Roman much money Reigns has he drawn, the, but the, it's, is that the uh, is is that what you clarify for wrestler of the year when you go at the end of the year about wrestler of the year? Yep, that's not how I do it. But if that's the way you but, do but it, that's you know fine. What? But you you you'll always look at it from the fans' point of view, and I will always look at it from the business point of view. When you ask me who wrestler of the year is, what define wrestler? Did you mean performer? It could be performer. It could be matches. It could be how many times he's been out there. There's a lot of things. To me, the wrestler of the year is the person who has drawn the most money, put the most asses on in seats, and who has raised the tide the highest. That's Roman Reigns to me. Okay, I don't think I'm getting it to Roman. You, if Reigns you want, if you want to say who is the best in ring performer, who do I enjoy the most? Well then, I'll I'll have to give it some thought because there's a there are things out there like I I how much did I enjoy um, Kenny and Osprey? I, I mean, I really you know everybody like oh Bubba hates Kenny so much. Listen, schmuck face, I don't hate Kenny at all. I'm sitting here saying, oh my god, I'm looking forward to Kenny versus Osprey, and then after the match, I'm basically calling it a Mona Lisa if not for the interference. Wow, that really sounds like I hate Kenny. Play that that could be a match of the year, but but so if if I asked you who wrestler of the year is so far in 2023, you would give it to Roman. Roman Reigns. I think I might have to give it to MJF. Fair, okay. I, I but, but, even... but, but, but but my point is, Orange Cassidy, I think, quietly, has become part of that conversation. Orange. In the ring, without a doubt. Max has gotten significantly better in the ring. And I can see Max is 
the rising tide for e, uh, for AEW. Yes. It's it, it, you'd be hard pressed to find somebody better across the board in AEW than MJF this year. I I to the point where I thought it was a crack in the foundation when Cody left AEW and went to WWE. I know MJF keeps touting 2024. It's his contract year, right? Yep. If MJF left AEW, I think that would be crippling. I don't think it would be crippling because Tony Khan has enough money to not make it crippling. I think Cody was a major loss for that company internally. A lot of the shit that you're we're hearing about going on internally, I honestly believe would be different if Cody was around because I believe that Cody was that head of talent relations without having the title head of talent relations. Mm -hmm. Cody was respected by the boys. Cody was a founding father of that company. And let's not forget that line that I always go to. Tony, you may sign the checks, but I built this bank. Yeah. And it's the truth. I think it was a perfect partnership. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today.